This podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience at Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. Sort of break it, break it down like good. Hi, this is Steve Mysick. I lent Matt Baum a mic cable uh, to make this week's podcast of two-headed comic book nerd possible. Welcome to episode 39 of THN, where we're talking comics and nerd news for the week of Wednesday, October 19th. My name is Matt Baum, and when I'm not ignoring my new comic reading in favor of the new Batman Arkham City game, or my yearly October horror movie binge this week, including The Fog, Paranormal Activity 2, and Phantasm 2, which is a total bitch to explain to your wife if she hasn't seen Phantasm 1, let me tell you. I'm writing about and appraising comics for WorthPoint.com. It's kind of like how I felt when I saw Bad Boys 2 without seeing Bad Boys 1. I'm Joe Patrick, artist and co-creator of Good Plus Online, and when I'm not being forced to skip church to record this show by my godless goblin of a co-host, <laughs> I am the manager of Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. This week, THM reviews Fear Itself, number seven, and Fear Itself the Fearless, number one from Marvel. Then, we'll wave to the crowd and slide down the barrel of a comically large cannon and fire ourselves into the horizon while reviewing ten comics in the ludicrous speed round. Also, we'll drink a magic Chinese potion that will enable us to see things no one else can see and do things no one else can do as we gaze into the future and talk about some of next week's comics. Finally! We'll put on our money green basketball jerseys with gold embroidered money signs and sling some product to you junkies. That's right! The sound of thumping bass and the smell of sweet skunky smoke means the comic pushers are back. Meanwhile! All of that and more on this week's episode, but before we get to that uncontrollable blaring flatulence, let's target several of NBA Commissioner David Stern's pressure points with ninja accuracy, rendering him paralyzed and drag him nude to our Occupy the Staples Center protest of the NBA lockout, and then we'll talk about this week's big news. I don't understand anything that was said in the last two minutes. Basketball! Speaking of sweet, skunky smoke, Whoa. I don't think that applies. One interesting bit of news from New York Comic Con escaped us last week. Nothing escapes us. No. In the waning hours of the con, Dark Horse Comics announced the return of Shaolin Cowboy. I know. A cult favorite series created by Jeff Darrow, creator of Hard Boiled and Big Guy and Rusty the Boy Robot. Now, this is from Dark Horse's official press release. Quote, Five years after its initial run ended, Jeff Darrow's Shaolin Cowboy returns in 2012. Originally published by Burly Man Entertainment, Shaolin Cowboy is a loaf of rye in a Wonder Bread world. A nicotine patch in a ten-pack-a-day universe. He wonders as he wanders through a world where yesterday, today, and tomorrow exist in a collage of carnage of his own making. Matt, that barely made sense to me. I know you were a big Burly Man fan back in the day, and even still. Yes, what the do Wachowski you think? siblings. That was, they they actually owned Burly Man. Yeah, that I was think their that, imprint. That is accurate. I don't need this to mean anything to know that it's awesome. All I right. love this book. It was totally psychedelic and violent and ridiculous. And I can look at Jeff Darrow drawing dead things getting knocked apart all day, every day. I <laughs> love that guy. Can't wait for this to come back. Yeah, it was such a fun book. Enough said. Boom. In Hollywood news, Fox has ordered an hour-long pilot based on The Punisher. The adaptation will come from Ed... Bernero? Bernero of CBS's Criminal Minds, which every time I watch Criminal Minds, I was always like, man, this guy should make a Punisher show. (laughs) The show will reimagine Frank Castle as an up-and-coming detective with the NYPD who just happens to spend his nights dispensing justice as a vigilante. This will be the fifth series to be put in development by ABC Studios based on a Marvel property, Incredible Hulk, a.k.a. Jessica Jones, Cloak and Dagger, and Mockingbird being the others. But it's the first to be sold outside of Disney. 
the parent company to both Marvel and ABC. Joe, will Frank Castle's transition to the small screen succeed where the films have failed? And oh, did they fail. Oh, Ooh, they Punisher War Zone was like appallingly stupid. I don't know which was worse. Terrible, yeah. like, accent of the brother. Just promise me I get to kill Cass. Brother. Brother. Or the uh, urban free flow gang. Oh, God. Which yeah. Irish yeah. dreadlocks. Yeah, the Irish Rastafarian, <laughs> like, acrobat gang. They get Focus! Bazooka'd out of the air. Anyway. Uh, I think the Punisher actually does lend itself pretty well to a serialized story. But I'm not really fond of the idea of him as, like, a policeman, a detective, no less. Yeah, this isn't the Punisher. Who still somehow gets away uh, with being the Punisher. This is missing the point. The Punisher is a psychopath. The Punisher could not be a police officer by day because he is a psychopath. He's a monster. Yeah, he's, he's a villain. He's killed thousands of people. Sheesh. And Minimum. If, if they do this, they're going to play him off like he's a tortured good guy uh-huh. trying to figure out a way to get into heaven. Well, I mean, I, like, I don't need this. Crap. But like that said, I don't know how you can do a show where the lead character is completely unrelatable and unrepentant. I think this would work better on like FX or even like a Showtime or sure. an HBO series where they do something completely revolutionary where no one can relate to this character. Hey, well, you know? you know, at the very least, Fox's excellent track record with this sort of show. Oh, sure. This sort of like nerd related kind of thing. Absolutely. We're going to have a, a long and healthy run of Punisher shows to look forward to. <laughs> And finally, uh, we've seen a rumor that comes around every couple of years or so resurface, only this time it seems to have some compelling evidence backing it up. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Watchmen 2. According to BleedingCool.com, a number of meetings uh, have been held at DC over the past week to discuss a project codenamed Panic Room and have involved Dave Givens and John Higgins. Hey, Alan, yeah, Alan Moore's original collaborators on the Watchmen series. Other names involved in these meetings, these alleged meetings, include Darwin Cook, J. Michael Straczynski, J.G. Jones, Andy Kubert, and others. Now, Bleeding Cool is reporting that there will be four new Watchmen prequel series, which will be overseen by Darwin Cook with contributions from other writers and artists. Now, of course, without any official confirmation on any of this from DC, it all remains in murky rumor territory, but... Bleeding Cool is supporting their story with a quote from Cook from earlier this year. Darwin Cook said, I have something coming up with DC, but I'm sworn to secrecy. There is a very big project on the horizon with DC, which we'll probably going to announce in October, as far as I understand. And that should be exciting and infuriating. I'm infuriated. And all kinds of things to people. It should be quite a shock when they hear what we're doing. End quote. Add that to fan reports of the aforementioned Andy Kubert talking about a super secret project and there just might be something to all this nonsense. Matt, can this actually happen? Should it happen? It can happen and it's probably going to. That doesn't mean that it should. But Darwin Cook? This is dumb. This Leave Watchmen alone. It's dumb. We don't need to add to it, okay? It's it, it's perfect. The series is perfect. They change comics. We love it. We can go back to it and revisit it anytime we want. But Darwin and it's great. Cook. Remember how everybody got excited about Indiana Jones 4? We're like, yay, another Indiana Jones movie. Then remember what happened? Stop it. Hold that hope for Indiana Jones 5. Leave this stuff alone. It, this is just ridiculous. This comes off as desperate. 
This is DC going, wow, we sold a crap ton of Watchmen trade paperbacks. Maybe we can do that again by farting out for prequels? What are you going to do for the prequels? We saw the origins of all these characters. We're going to learn about their parents? We're going to learn about how their their conception? I mean, who cares? Darwin Cook. I love Darwin Cook. This is dumb. Leave it alone. I don't know. Leave it alone. I'm torn. That is this week's big news. If you want to discuss these stories or anything else that doesn't piss me off on a regular basis, hit (laughs) us up on our Facebook page where I've scripted a Watchmen sequel where the owl and Silk Spectre have an adorable little kid that goes on crazy adventures and solves neighborhood crimes. Now it's time for us to hit our main reviews for what seems like a year now Marvel Comics has been torn apart by the mega event fear itself but all that came to an end this week <laughs> i don't think it did but oh, no, we'll, we'll talk about that we'll later we'll never hear about it again <laughs> uh, all that came to an end this week with fear itself number seven today matt and i will review the final issue of the series and the new fear itself the fearless number one to find out what happened where the marvel u is going and most importantly was it worth the price of admission? As Joe stated, we got the conclusion of Fear Itself with Issue 7 this week. This was the first major crossover event by writer Matt Fraction with art by the just incredible Stuart Emmerman. There's plenty of things we can nitpick about this series. You cannot pick on the art. Stuart Emmerman. Certainly not. Emonen. Im- Is it Emmonen Im- or Emonen? Emonen. The art by Stuart I-M-M-O-N-E-N really just... The guy is top-notch, and I think he's established himself as one of the best Marvel artists working right now. I Agreed. love the way this looked. I love the paneling. The fight scenes were gorgeous. I can't say enough about that. A little backstory here for those who don't know. The story centered around the daughter of the Red Skull, Sin, discovering an Asgardian weapon similar to Thor's hammer, but imbued with dark powers by Odin's evil and equally powerful brother. Sin has led an army of Nazis in giant robot suits and several well-known Marvel heroes and villains including the Hulk and Juggernaut, also powered up and possessed by evil Asgardian weapons in an all-out assault on America. America. Meanwhile, Tony Stark, Iron Man, has been in the workforges of Asgard, building weapons of his own to power up the Avengers to face the unstoppable menace before Odin and the forces of Asgard come to destroy the Earth to stop his evil brother from gaining a foothold and challenging his own power. This issue sees Tony finally arriving with the Uru-enhanced weapons. It's the same... Mystic material that makes up Thor's hammer. Just in time for the Avengers' last stand against Sin and her armies, and Thor's final battle with the serpent. And did I forget to mention that Odin's evil brother turns into a giant snake dragon thing? Well, he is called the serpent. (laughs) He is called the serpent. That's really the only name we've been giving him. Okay, spoilers here. There's just no way to do it. Got to lay down some spoiler alerts. So, if you don't want to hear it... Squirrel Girl dies at the end. Turn off this podcast and turn on a better one. I've enjoyed Fear Itself as a whole, and that includes most of the tie-ins there. Some of the tie-ins were good. As always, there were some throwaway issues, but the main Fear Itself miniseries stayed on track, delivered a solid superhero story. There were some pacing issues. I agree. The first assault on watching DC seemed like it went on for four or five issues. (laughs) Well, to be fair, I don't think that necessarily happened in Fear Itself. That's where I was going with this. Yeah. They showed it, like, the first couple issues we see the assault, but it also carried through into New Avengers and Avengers yeah. and even Iron Man. And it made it feel like, man, this has been going on yeah. forever. But- I saw Blitzkrieg USA in, I swear to God, five straight issues of Avengers. That said, the ending of this did feel 
abrupt mm, for yes. me. The worthy were the characters that were uh, possessed by the evil weapons and working for sin. They'd been pretty much unstoppable in everything we've seen. They're like Juggernaut in the pages of the X Men. The Incredible Hulk had his own miniseries. Hulk I mean, versus Dracula. Hulk versus, yeah. <laughs> the thing knocked down Avengers Tower yeah. on his own. I mean, like these characters were unstoppable. And then suddenly, the Avengers get their own powered-up weapons, and not more than five pages later, they're done. They are down for the count. It is over. You know, <laughs> like they Wolverine shows up with spikes growing out of him and a weird face mask, and She-Hulk's got a big axe, and they just sort of whoop their asses. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> it happened really, really fast. I feel like the build-up, uh, like. <clears throat> Most of the buildup for the the mighty, which is the the good guy version of the worthy, happened in like promotional material. Yeah, because I mean it was all Iron Man, and this was in the pages of Invincible Iron Man, Iron Man and Asgard building the weapons for like months, three or four issues, yeah. and I loved it. People said it went on too long. I loved it, and we'll get to that in the ludicrous speed round. Anyway, when he does finally come back, I mean we see these heroes. Maybe powered up for seriously a few pages four or five pages yeah. and that's it boom done there was also a whole prophecy thing here with thor fighting the serpent and the prophecy was that thor is going to fight him and he's going to beat him and he's going to die when right. he does it which could have sworn thor just died not too long ago and came back but it did work well that <laughs> I battle have something to say about that later that battle i felt worked really well i liked that i thought that worked a lot better for me <laughs> Then the heroes just kicking the crap out of the unstoppable bad guys. See, and I Joe didn't, disagrees. I, like, I will say that when I first read this, very very late on Tuesday night, I was a little bit more generous. I I put it down and was like, oh, you know what, that was fun. And I I wrote a little nice blurb about it on Twitter. And, but then the more I th- thought about it and the on second read through and all that stuff, the more I was disappointed. Like everything was very abrupt, and in the end. Thor defeats the serpent by hitting him real hard. No, he stabs him in the head. Right, but with a mystical sword. But a a a villain this powerful and this unstoppable, it, it just was, seemed it was like abrupt. a very weak finish. It was abrupt. And you know what? I don't even think it seemed like it was a weak finish. I feel like halfway through this series, they decided, you know what? We can keep this going for a whole nother damn year. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's soften the end a little bit. And give them four epilogues that are kind of confusing and, and barely have anything to do with what happened here, aside yeah. from the first one. The book doesn't really, it ends like an advertisement for four more series. See, but I didn't, I liked those prologues. They were interesting. But is that a good ending for a story this big? Does that right. give you any closure? No. You know, And like there were things in the end that I didn't really get, like... I didn't even understand that Thor was dead until the next page when we saw him laying yeah. down. I thought maybe he's just that like... That was the worst like death scene Yeah, ever. like he just kind of stumbles over his dad. He's like, I think I did it. Uh, you know? <laughs> and the next thing you know, he's in a toga. Yeah, a I was like, wait a minute. And for some reason, Cap is not there. And Wolverine is all mad about it. I didn't get that. Spider-Man's like, well, should we have this funeral without Cap? And Wolverine's like, to hell with Cap. What was that all about? I don't know. I didn't get that at all. Well, uh, about Thor... I found the death scene to be very anticlimactic. Yeah. But then I just read in the solicitations for January 
that Thor is still going to be running around in the afterlife, like in his own book. Yeah. So it's like this death And they've got this new nothing. god of thunder. Yeah. And suddenly the Asgardians are left on Earth. I didn't understand why Odin went to Asgard by himself. And, and banished with, everybody. With his brother's corpse and banished all the Asgardians to Earth. Although, that does make for good stories. That's going to be fun. Sure. And that just lets you keep the Asgardians on Earth, which is a dynamic I enjoy. This is where I'm at on this. And this is going to be the worst like final review I've ever given <laughs> final rating skim it slash buy it skim it on the basis not what not a solid ending to a story this big buy it on the basis that I'm really interested to see where the Marvel Universe goes from here sure they set up some great stuff it was just so anticlimactic yeah a- absolutely and one of my main complaints was why were there only like 12 superheroes fighting this fight yeah where was everybody else in right. the world? Everyone should have been there. Yeah. It, yeah. For an event that supposedly was so large in scope, the scope was actually very narrow. And I really do feel like they made an editorial choice to soften that ending a little bit, to carry it through to all this other stuff. Yeah. Well, and speaking of that. What's your rating? Give uh, us a rating. Oh, I give it a skim it. Really? Yeah, I do. I Fair mean, enough. the art was beautiful. There were parts of it that I liked, yeah, but no, overall, no I fault think, of Stuart Immerman. They just he nailed it here. I think this series kind of faltered halfway through, and and it did not wrap up to my satisfaction. It felt like they changed direction halfway through the story to me. I will say that I did like the prologues, but they are just basically they're advertising ads for a new the, series. Yeah, uh, and they didn't need to be in this book. No. So no, I give it a skim it moving on now that fear itself is over. We have fear itself. The fearless number one. Right. And this was one of the books that was previewed at the end of fear itself. This is a 12 issue mini. It's a 12 right? issue mini series, okay. but it's bi-weekly. So it's going to take six months and uh, it's scripted by Cullen Bunn from a story by Bunn, Matt Fraction and Chris Yost art by Paul Pelletier. Peltier. Peltier. With inks by Danny Miki. I only know that because there was a hockey player named Peltier. Okay. And Mark Bagley, inked by Andy Lanning. Now, The Fearless Number 1 sets the stage for the search for the serpents depowered, or are they, hammers after the events of Fear Itself 7, where Odin kind of casts them out. Uh, why, I don't know. Away, anyway. Why didn't he just, like, make them fall right there well, so that they're all been wrangled? Thing. We, that's another thing that didn't really come through. When the serpent dies, the, the weapons flew away. We don't right. really know why. So, but it seems like from reading the Fearless Number One, it seems like they know where most of them went. Well, Cap, it sounds like Cap rounded up a bunch of them, right? And has the and is holding them. And I get why he is. And I like that Valkyrie is like, look, we got to give these back to the Asgardians, right? So, I'll, let me get to that. Okay. So, on one side of the hunt, we have Sin slash the Red Skull, whatever we're calling her now, and her crew. And on the other side, we have Valkyrie, who has gone rogue because. Captain America is acting out of anger and he's insisting that the Earth's heroes like maintain a handle on these hammers because the Asgardians obviously couldn't be trusted to do it. And Valkyrie's point of view is, look, you guys are mortals. You don't know what you're dealing with. Right. You should not have to bear this burden. And so she goes rogue and defies the orders of Captain America. Um, there was a, a nice little prelude at the beginning that gave us a bit more insight into Valkyrie's character. And Valkyrie is is somebody who is usually on the sidelines. It's very rare for her to have a spotlight, and yeah, I really a, like. She's a C list at best, but like she's great in this. Yeah, um, I, I did really buy into Cap's frustration and anger over the situation. 
Uh, and which, I like Madcap. I yeah. like that. I, that's like one thing you don't see from Superman over DC. I like that Cap, at the end of the day, is a guy like you and me. Totally. He can only take so much. And that said, like Valkyrie's point of view is also very compelling. So when she takes matters into her own hands, it doesn't feel forced. No. Um, it worked for me. Yeah. And like Sin's motivation, it, uh, like I love, it's kind of like a Flowers for Algernon-esque kind of motivation. <laughs> like she's tasted divinity, right? She and, used to be retarded. Right. But she can't bear to be reduced to mere humanity. And that's why she is seeking out these hammers. Now, this issue was full of really great art. Or this book is kind of high profile coming off of Fear Itself. And I hope it makes Paul Pelletier a superstar. Yeah. Because that guy's been toiling. The art is gorgeous. Uh, for years. decade Over a decade. And... He is so good. He's one of Marvel's best artists, and I don't know if he's slow or what the deal is, but he I don't should think have so. more work. He I definitely don't think should. So. Like he's been drawing the Incredible Hulk and stuff off and on, but yeah, and Incredible like, Hulk at issues. the moment. Uh, and Bailey's work in this issue is really good too. Um, I think Andy Landing is a really good fit for him yeah. as an inker. Yeah, and may, I feel like the inker really makes or breaks Bailey. I think that's kind of what I'm absolutely. Discovering. Now, I did really enjoy this issue, but. I couldn't come up with any compelling reason why it needed its own series, especially when we have so many Avengers books. Especially when you could do this in the pages of Secret Avengers exactly. and give it a purpose. Yes, uh, this could have easily fit into Secret Avengers, Absolutely. and that book at the moment serves no purpose whatsoever. Yeah, and have Valkyrie going rogue, the Secret Avengers not wanting to tell anyone what's going really, on. Really, the only characters in the book are Secret Avengers. Trying to figure Avengers her right out, now. and the other side of the story being Sin and, and her people, and all of a sudden, boom, you've got 12 issues of Secret Avengers right there. Yeah. I don't think it's needed its own book. I but, agree. I mean, that said, I really liked it. I agree. I'm giving it a buy it. So it's am I. It's definitely better than fear itself seven yeah i like the direction this is going i i like the idea of the story i like the the two polar opposites between valkyrie and sin i think this is gonna be a lot of fun i'm giving it a buy it as well yeah now coming up in the next couple of months uh in november we'll see a sister series quote unquote to the fearless called battle scars by chris yost and scott eaton and this series will feature the hunt for a new character named marcus johnson huh yeah uh, whose unknown ties to one of the Marvel Universe's icons make him the most wanted man alive. Wow. Now, the mystery surrounding Johnson is, according to Marvel, the greatest secret in the Marvel Universe. He's the century. No, he's not. The century! <laughs> and there are those that will stop at nothing to find out the truth or keep it quiet. <laughs> now, what all this has to do with fear itself, I have no idea. Also in November, Marvel is releasing their giant point one special, Featuring seven stories that lay the groundwork for Marvel in 2012. Diamond treated us to a preview this week. I got to read it. I did too. Uh, it's a 5.99 one shot, but I it's was like not excited. 64 <laughs> pages. I quite liked it. Uh, it it's got Doesn't great mean... introductions to the upcoming Defenders book and the Scarlet Spider ongoing series. The sort of return of Nova. Yeah, I was going to say, and a new Nova. Not mine. Well, was it a new one. Nova? It I, was very unclear. Certainly not my Nova. Uh, and the first hints at the upcoming Phoenix story that Marvel has been teasing with those it's coming postcards and whatnot. Ultimately here, I, I'm going to say Fear Itself was well executed because, like I said, I'm excited for where the Marvel Universe is going. It does seem like they're cashing in on the yeah, 7.1, 7.2. 18 books to do it? I don't think so. I think this could be better done in the pages of 
other ongoing series, but I also think Marvel is trying to compete with DC's relaunch sales. And Try that's harder. What they're doing, throwing a bunch of stuff against the wall to see what sticks. Well, and fear itself is not ever going to end. We've got these point one, point two, point three issues all that are coming battle out. Battle scars and shattered heroes. I feel like really only one guy died, and it was Bucky. Yeah, exactly. Thor's death is a kind yeah, of a non-issue. Thor is an immortal. Only Bucky died. Thor will be feeling fine in no time. You right. know? Uh, aside from all the collateral damage, I, I can't imagine what is so damn terrible that yeah, happened to these people. A lot of buildings fell down. That sucks. Yes. I get it. Tony Stark is broken his, in his ivory tower crash down. So that is a skim it. I'm going to call it a skim it. A double skim it for Fear Itself 7 and a buy it for Fear Itself the Fearless number 1. As always, we want to know your opinions of the comics we reviewed, so hit us up on our Facebook page and let us know just how badly we missed the mark. Now it's time for DJ and I to kiss our ladies goodbye and strap ourselves into our experimental two-man X-plane where we smash through the speed of sound while reviewing Ted Comics so fast the sheer amount of information blurring into our listeners' ears will be almost useless to them. Just like this entire podcast. It's time for this week's Ludicrous Speed Round. Ludicrous Speed! Go! EMZ number one. This is the new zombie book from Boom Studios by Claudio Sanchez, lead singer of Coheed and Cambria. Thank I've, God. I've never read anything else he's done before, and I fought it the same way I fought Gerard Way's Umbrella Academy. Umbrella Academy, and I was totally wrong on both because Umbrella Academy is awesome, and guess what? So is TMZ. The art is excellent. It reminds me of Frank Quietly and Chris Burnham. I loved it. Buy it. Can't wait for more. Atomic Robo. Ghost Station 10, number two. They did such a good job making me really upset at the thought that a robot might die. <laughs> I can't believe it. Atomic Robo is the greatest thing ever. Buy it! You are a nerd, sir. Catwoman, number two. You know what? I love Catwoman, number two. I now officially love this book. It's mean. It's nasty. You're it's perverted. sexy. I like seeing Bruce Wayne running around being Bruce Wayne while Selena is being Catwoman. A lot of fun. Gorgeous art. Buy it. Uncanny X-Men 544. Kind of hard to have a farewell issue when you know that next month there will be a new issue no, waiting for they you. They told us it's canceled, Joe. It's over. <laughs> Forget it. That the said, gone. They didn't sell. That said, <laughs> this was a really nice character piece by Kieran Gillen and Greg Land, who was less terrible than usual. <laughs> uh, I'm giving it a buy it. It's a compliment. HP Lovecraft's The Dunwich Horror, number one. Joe Lansdale is doing a really good job for IDW on all the horror stuff he does. And I am a huge HP Lovecraft fan. And this this story is very close to my heart. It's a perfect Halloween read. It's super creepy. Great art. Buy it. Supergirl number two. I'm telling you right now, Supergirl number two might be one of the best of the DC New 52. It was really good. I love this book. I love it. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it was fun. The idea that Supergirl just doesn't believe that Superman is her cousin and won't stop fighting him. And why she's would tougher she? than him. Yeah, why would she? Awesome. I give it a strong buy it. Wolverine number 17. This is sort of the end of the Jason Aaron Wolverine chapter as we know it. He's moving to Westchester to start a school. He breaks up with his girlfriend and it's about damn times. I am sick of that crap. You just don't want Wolverine to be happy. Gorilla Man shows up. They fight ninjas. There's dragons involved. Kind of fun, but not great. Felt a little throwaway to me. I wanted to see him saying goodbye to more people, I think, and moving on to give me a new fresh start. Still skimming. Best I can do. Xenoholics, number one. I was not expecting much at all from I this series. I wasn't either. It was fun. But I read number one, and I really, really liked it. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, very quirky and fun art. I give this book a really strong buy-in. 
Invincible Iron Man number 509. This is the end of Tony in Asgard building the Uru weapons to bring back to the Avengers for the big fight scene in Fear Itself number 7. I love this story. I love the cussing dwarf. I am so and tired of the, the cussing dwarf. when the dwarf came to Tony near the end and talked about his alcoholism and how he had a oh demon in him. I don't and he, know. And he felt he had to drown it. And Tony said, come back with me to I Earth really... and I will help you. I got teary-eyed. It was so good. And then, like, the, the runic cuss words. Alcoholism <laughs> is no joke, oh, but I, I had a real it. hard time with that scene. Buy it, buy it, buy it. Yeah. Justice League number two. We like Justice League number one. That said, I thought Justice League number two was even better. I thought it was just okay. Uh, that's fine. That's your opinion. It was still very pretty. Uh, but for those of you that didn't like Justice League number one, I urge you to give this a try. I loved it. The Flash showed up. It was super fun. Interaction between uh, the, the four characters. I give it a strong, strong buy it. I like the two. Still, I'm saying it was 22 pages for $3.99. That is not enough story for that price tag. And this felt like they were stretching things a little bit. Still sticking with it. Giving it a buy. That is your ludicrous speed round, and squee is the sound a dying snowworm makes as seen when Valkyrie killed one in this week's Fear Itself, the Fearless number one. <laughs> and now you know. Now it's time to peel back the veil of the near future of next Wednesday and tell these nerds what they should be reading. Matt, what's your pick for next week? I'm going with Wolverine and the X-Men number one by Jason Aaron and Chris Bacello. Bacello? Bacalo? Bacello. Bacello. Uh, Bacello? I love the way this guy draws the X-Men. I love just about everything he draws. I love his wacky point of view. I love, love, love his art. I really like the way Jason Aaron has been writing the X-Men. Not that Schism ended exactly like I wanted to, but I'm curious to see where they go with this. I do think it is going to be He's fun. He's got a good handle on Wolverine. He and does. with Wolverine as the kind of lead character, this I is think a brand this new really role fun. for him. A lot of people are like, Wolverine would never do that. I think that's what makes it interesting. He's trying something different with agreed, this character. Agreed, agreed. And you know what? The X-Men back in Westchester... Tugging on my nerd heartstrings, okay? That's where that's my roots. That's where I came from. <laughs> Joe, what do you pick? Uh, I'm going with Spaceman number one by Brian Azzarello and Eduardo Rizzo. Uh, this is the new Vertigo series spinning out of the preview in Strange Adventures, uh, that anthology that came out a couple months ago. This is Azzarello's first sci-fi book. Yeah, it's kind of not the norm from these guys, and I'm really excited to see what it's all about. First issue's only a dollar. Yeah, you gotta pick it up. Can't afford not to. You are not allowed not to. Spaceman number one. Ooh, the sweet sounds of Curtis Mayfield must mean the comic pushers are back to satiate some squirming chicken head junkie looking for a fix. Wow. This week, Hobo Fett writes, I'm actually writing for some advice for a friend. Sure you are. I've been trying to get him to read Hellblazer for a while now, but just can't seem to get him hooked. I tried loaning him the first trade because you've got to start at the beginning, right? Well, he's not going for it. Can you suggest a Hellblazer storyline that stands alone by itself that would sell him on John Constantine as the most interesting character in comics? I agree. Constantine, very interesting character. I don't know about most interesting character, but I think (laughs) what you're doing wrong here... Is making him start at the beginning. Making him start at the beginning. <laughs> that is not to say that they are bad stories. They're I went back not as and I read them and I liked them. But you know what? I appreciated them more after I read some Constantine stories that totally sucked me in. Right. One I would suggest, Haunted by Warren Ellis. It is not your typical John Constantine story. It is a wonderful one. It's sort of this love letter 
to London and a love lost of John Constantine who wandered off to the wrong magician who used her and abused her and ultimately yikes pumped her up full of LSD and nailed her in a box to die. <laughs> wow. It was horrible. I must have missed that one. Yeah. And then him and Chaz uh, go and get a little revenge on the guy. <sighs> it is a wonderful story. Joe. Uh, for me, I think you can start with Dangerous Habits, which is uh, the story of John Constantine discovering he has lung cancer. Oh, such a good story. And trying to trick his way such out of it. a good story. Uh, you might remember it, the movie Constantine was loosely based on uh, Dangerous Habits. Yeah, loosely based in the sense that they shared the same name. Not a bad movie. It was fun to watch. Not a good Hellblazer movie. Whatever, That dude. was not my John Constantine. You just hate Shia of the Beef. The thing about Hellblazer is that you can literally read it at random. You don't need to start at the beginning. In fact, I recommend against it. Yeah, absolutely. I would start with like the Garth Ennis stuff or the Warren Ellis stuff. That stuff that is the Brian Azzarello stuff. Even yeah, was really good. But that is those are the stories that firmly defined Constantine for many many people. And he had already been around for a long time by that point. But those series are so good and they're so ingrained in everybody's minds when they think of. That character. Speaking of Garth Ennis, Son of Man. <sighs> oh my God, that story! <sighs> it was hilarious. It was disgusting. <sighs> it was fun. It, it was nasty. It it's ruined my life. Everything you love about an occult comic, yeah. right there. And I've even been picking up the modern. Like I don't read Hellblazer regularly anymore. I just kind of fell behind. But I've been picking up the Peter Milligan trades completely out of order and at random. It's good stuff, and they are absolutely fine. Yeah, I mean They're... Hellblazer. Even at its worst, Hellblazer is like pizza. It's always pretty good. Yep. I mean, really. And honestly, I would say choose a creator that you know your friend likes. Yes. And chances are, if he's British, he wrote Hellblazer at one time. <laughs> Go pick out one of those stories and just hand it to him. He Absolutely. does not have to start at the beginning. And when he gets into it, he will do just like I did. He'll go back to the beginning and read it and probably appreciate it more than Agreed. Thanks for the question, Hobo Fett. And if you're looking for some reading suggestions, you can hit up the comic pushers at twoheadednerd.com. But seriously, don't call us from a landline. There's an unmarked TVA van right outside the studio listening to us right now. <laughs> sort of break it, break it down like this. That is it for the Two-Headed Nerd this week. If you are having trouble retrieving the first Riddler trophy in the basement of the courthouse in Batman Arkham City, you can subscribe to this show on iTunes where your star ratings and reviews are a perfect place to tell me what the hell I'm doing wrong on that part. If you want to help two starving nerds out, you can click our donate button at TwoHeadedNerd.com and know that your donation in any amount keeps us in comic and video games that distract <laughs> us from our jobs and significant That's others. not true. Please donate with confidence. It's absolutely true. <laughs> As always, you can find all things Two-Headed and Nerdy at TwoHeadedNerd.com where you can find our Twitter handles, links to Ask a Nerd, where you can ask us any of your comic-related questions, and also, don't forget to send us your submissions for the THN Mascot Contest. We got a hell of one this week. Oh, man. Fully colored, folks. Yeah, you're you slacking. guys have got some uh, catching up to yeah, do. Yeah, if you're going to beat this one, it's going to have to be good. Thank you, John Bunker. The winner will be voted on by you guys, and the new mascot will be prominently featured on our new and improved TwitterNerd.com someday. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I am really If that's not enough for you, head over to our Facebook page where you can become a fan of THN and answer the question of the week. This week's query, it's almost Halloween and we want to know what is the scariest comic you have ever read. 
Mine might be that haunted storyline by Lauren Ellis. It was gross and scary, man. Next week, we'll be reviewing Infinite Kung Fu as part of our monthly Take a Look. It's in a book segment. But before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to Luke Skywalker, who announced this week he'll be retiring his voice work as Batman's nemesis, the Joker. Word to you, Mark Hamill. And until next time, true believers, this is the Two-Headed Nerd signing off. All right, shut this off. i got to go play video games. Yeah, I was hoping for a Luke Skywalker quote, dude. Oh, um... Any Luke Skywalker quote. <laughs> you know what? I'll just tear off one of your nerd stripes and we'll call it good. Wait a minute. Rip. Forget it. Forget it. It's not impossible. We used to bullseye womp rats back home. Something, something wedge? <laughs> You're fired. <laughs>